0: It's true. If you want to walk fast, go alone. If you want to walk far, go together, which is the exact reason I'm building a community for us, the misguided. And in this community, you'll be able to learn, educate, and collaborate with others who are like you, wanting to build wealth through business. Think of this as a networking conference on the internet. So head to the show notes and join the Slack channel for the misguided. And in this channel, there's even sub channels where you can add or remove yourself from certain interests of yours. For example, if you're a notary guru and you wanna educate others on how to build a notary business, join that channel. If you're wondering how to use your car for passive income or start an Airbnb business, you can join those channels or you can remove yourself, it's that simple. So what are you waiting for? Join the Slack community already, help yourself. This is a place to share insight and engage with other business owners and leaders. Think of it as a Reddit form, but even cooler, because here you'll be able to self-promote and partner with other people. Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't. I'ma shake the globe, change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it I'ma shake the globe, change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it What's up everybody? This is the Misguided Podcast We intend to guide you to a better future The purpose of this podcast is to do exactly that We will die deep. Into the stories of entrepreneurs and highlight what makes them successful, but also pinpoint mistakes they've made and how to improve them. Our goal is to make you start thinking about building generational wealth through business. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, please rate this podcast and leave a review. And now, let's get started. All right. What's up, everybody? My name is Juwan Rohan, and this is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. I'm sitting here with Justin Stanley. How are you doing today, my brother? I'm good. How about yourself, man? I am living. I am living. It's Friday. Technically, it's my Monday. Um, I'm a realtor, so it's about to get real busy this weekend. Uh, But yeah, nah, I'm living up, man. So it's, it's a good morning. I'm having my coffee right now um how's everything over there I heard you uh got into a new studio for your podcast yes sir man so I'm just dealing with furnishing that and trying to get it all set
1: up so we can start shooting out of there so yeah that's, that's pretty much been uh been taking up my time for the last yeah. couple of weeks and just getting everything situated yeah is it
0: hard moving everything like what are you are you adding new like back backdrops and stuff to the to the new one or what well well my ultimate plan is to kind of be a resource to
1: uh to other creatives and entrepreneurs out there that i didn't have when i wanted to start my podcast so i'm yeah. ultimately gonna plan to like shoot other people's podcasts offer some consulting you know just some advice uh some yeah. help on other people's growing their platforms and stuff like that so it's just a matter of getting a bunch of different options for people when they come in and want to rent the studio out and want to shoot their, their podcast so
0: nah yeah i respect that um I respect that a lot. Actually, I'm trying to I'm trying to do something very similar, and you know, it's it's not just about the podcast, right? It's building a community where where um, people can network within each other. Especially, we have so many connections. You know, growing up in the Bay Area, it's not like you just grew up in Oakland, right? It's like, no, I know people from Berkeley, Pittsburgh, like, and 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 seeing everyone come together and and you know, be on this wealth journey is is super cool. So um, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Well, cool. Let's uh let's go ahead and, and get get into the beginning, right? Of where it all started. So um, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Uh from Oakland, um <clears throat> East Oakland. Um went to, you know, school
1: out here. Um a lot of people don't know before I started I started hooping probably like in uh fifth grade. Um and then, you know, obviously the journey throughout. And then um my first few years of high school, I actually went to school out in Pleasanton. Uh before I transferred to Mac. Wait, what? I didn't yeah. know
0: that. What? Really? Where? I went to Amador Valley. No way! That dude, that's a really fucking good school. That's like an A plus school, but their team yeah. sucks. But damn, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. So, what? You went freshman year and sophomore year, or just freshman? Year? Freshman, sophomore, and junior year. No way! But I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe yeah. it.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but how but co- see, I. I tore my ACL as a freshman, so I didn't get to hoop. Until, I, I hooped one year, my junior year there at Amador. Um, we were we were pretty decent. We lost to Berkeley High in uh, the first round of playoffs. We had a uh, Kevin Lyle, who was a seven footer. He had one arm. Um, yeah, yeah. So he me and him played on the same team together. Um, actually, a guy from the Oakland A's also Stephen Piscotty. He played on our team. Also, he plays yeah. for the Oakland A's right now.
0: That's crazy, um, bro.
1: Yeah, we we were pretty decent. Uh, I was obviously the only black dude on the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah so I went there before moving back to Oakland um I started kind of becoming a knucklehead a little bit when I right got into start getting into high school and you know it was just a a decision me and my parents made together like to see something different you know what I mean and it's honestly oh I was gonna say
0: like okay so you, you start becoming a knucklehead and you move from a a really good school to Mac though like no 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 the other way around so when I got to I was I went to Bret Hart Middle School
1: in East Oakland yeah and then I, I was yep so I got like I had got caught shooting dice or something like that you know what I mean and, <laughs> yeah yeah and, uh, yeah like just you know look just being a just yeah, being a just kid be, yeah
0: I mean that's Bret Hart Middle School what do you expect exactly. bro? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so uh, after that I just um you know I sat down yeah. with my, my my dad my dad had lived in Pleasanton at first. So um, everybody thought I was going to go to Mac directly just because my whole family went there. I used to be the ball boy up there and everything. Yeah. But it was just a decision that I was kind of my idea. And then my parents were with it. So we did that. And it kind of it kind of it, it, it shaped me into coexisting in, in any habitat. You know what I mean? I, could yeah. deal, I, could, I can sit in a room full of white people and or I can sit in a room full of black people and be just as comfortable. So it, it definitely was was great for, you know, great for me going forward, looking back on it now.
0: So I say I say that all the time. Changing your environment is super um super good for people, right? So that like after I graduated from B high and shit, I was like, you know, I need to get the fuck out of Berkeley. Like, I'm not going to Cal. I'm not going, you know, wherever fucking JUCO or whatever wants me to play basketball. I'm getting out of here, right? So I picked the whitest school in Colorado. I was like, you know, I'ma play basketball, but I just needed a different environment. And what I learned is the shit that i'm teaching now how to build wealth how are these rich white families sending their kids to this school like i had a scholarship but they didn't you know what i mean so like how what what does their parents look like you know like i went to school with dick cheney's fucking granddaughter like oh wow yeah like i'm talking like it's a private school colorado college like um and so there's there's some big names there and i'm trying to figure out like how are they getting here? You know, how are are they building this? And so I think that's super, super good. I can sit in a room full of white people and not feel uncomfortable. You know, as crazy as that sounds, right? Um, I think it's just adapting. Um, So that's crazy, man. That's crazy. I I actually didn't know you went to Amador. Um, Cool, cool. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the the Mac journey, right? Because you think about Mac, you automatically think about football and basketball and kind of just the legacy that you guys, especially around your time there as a senior and the fucking amazing squad you guys had, right? Um, I always remember like the, there wasn't a time where Berkeley High would play Mac in the gym, not be crowded. Like people had to actually squeeze in to the gym like yeah. like it was some of the best times I ever like yeah and I like as a because you graduated in 2009 so I was right. a freshman and I was like all right I'm gonna play VAR next year like I, like sophomore year I'm on VAR like I cannot right. wait to be in this environment and just just right. seeing like you guys play against BAM you know Raheem yeah. like all the homies right that I used to like practice with and, and, and yeah and seeing like everything it's just like it gives me chills to this day So, um, and then, uh, so let's talk about that. You know, you guys had fucking baggy shorts, baggy, baggy jerseys. You feel me? You, you had long hair back then. I did too. So like, let's talk about all that. Let's talk about the culture. Um,
1: you know, I I think when you're actually walking in it, you know, I, I know it's so cliche, but we don't really realize the impact. You kind of like to this day, even though I cut my hair, I still get people that stop me like, ain't you to do that play for Mac? You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, yeah. And we don't really we we didn't really understand it. Like we we had like a police escort to a lot of our games. You know what I mean? We were signing autographs and we were, you know, like we were we were a big deal. And to us, it was just another day in the office. Yeah. But when looking back and then seeing, you know, how the how the dynamic of basketball is in the barrier now, it was just like those were magical times, man. And and I always say I wish that you know, now we're living in like the content era. I call it. Everybody's like doing documentaries or you know the last chance you type of things. Like if we could have had something like that on that team, you know, it, it would have been magical, man. Like you you know what I mean? And yeah. and and just 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 being able to experience that and playing at the highest level and um, like I say, it's it's crazy just seeing how how diehard the fans were, and you know, we had people coming from other schools who didn't even go to Mac, had no ties to Mac. And they would come to all of our games. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's just the, the 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 a lot of we have a lot of alumni that come out of Mac that people don't know about, um, from all sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball, track, everything. But um
0: didn't Bill yeah, Russell man, go there? I'm pretty sure Bill Russell went there. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bill that's Bill so like that this. that alone right there, that name just holds fucking decades. So
1: <laughs> right. you can't like right. yeah. uh yeah tradition is is really rich up there, man. And it's, it's the one thing about the Mac community, man, like and when, um, when we were growing up and going to high school there, all the restaurants in the area, we ate for free. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a real, it's one of the few schools out here that has a real strong alumni base and it's real support, you know, and now, now that I'm coaching there, it was so dope. My first year watching, um, seeing some of the same faces I saw as a player, coming back to support, you know, because we have an alumni coach and, and, um, you know, it's my way of giving directly back to my community, uh, coaching at Mac now. So it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's yeah. A beautiful thing.
0: No, that's good. Especially to have the community on your side. And like you said, bro, like some of the games, like y'all had to be escorted. I remember some of the Berkeley high games where they had to have not security guards, nigga, they had to have policemen on, on, on each corner, right. Or the diagonals. <laughs> And, you know, what the crazy thing is, is in the four years, whatever, I don't remember any huge, like, fights between Berkeley High and and Mac. It was all love, right? You brought everyone together, and it was like, nah, we just here for basketball. Yeah, there was some thugs and shit in there, but nothing was going to pop off, you feel me? Because it was like, nah, we here to see this. This is an NBA game to us, right? So, I think that was super that's, a, cool. that's the beautiful that's the beautiful thing
1: about basketball man and to kind of reiterate what you said earlier it like it brings people from all walks of lives together you know what I mean and it's, yeah. it's that little round ball literally you know I've met some of my closest friends through that you know like we said we have we've had pretty much the same circle of, of you know the, the group of hoopers out here and you know bam I was just with bam the other day you know what I mean? And, and and we we but we have that camaraderie in that in that brotherhood. No matter what we're doing in life, we all yeah. support each other. And we grew up as rivals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just about, like, about
0: to say y'all were on opposite teams and y'all fucking yeah, hanging yeah. out to this day. Exactly. It's yeah. That- and, and,
1: and that's that's what makes it dope, man. And and it, it's it's like I said, it's when you're walking in it, it's easy to kind of take it for granted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but just looking back and and really, you know, like being when I lived in LA for a little while or when I lived out of state, it's just seeing how how much other areas don't have what we have it really makes you appreciate it you know what i mean
0: yeah 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 no no i i i totally get that and and it's crazy because you're right like basketball just that orange ball brings so many people together and even if we might not notice it like you're saying in the moment right we're like oh no that's my rival like i'm gonna see his ass on game day blah 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 years later you start to realize like how close of a blind friendship you guys formed, right? Yeah, like till sure. this day, like me and Delani, we cool, like, but we used to be uh, rivals in high school, not uh, even high school, in middle school, right? We used uh, yeah. to go against each other sixth grade, Longfellow versus Willard, like, and and then the fact that like you meet so many people throughout this journey and, and can still connect after. And now it's all about, okay, how do we build this community back up, right? And I think that and I love what you're doing. And and I think that's super, super good to pinpoint. Also want to shout out uh Will Cherry for getting his name on the court the other day. Uh or not the other day, yeah. but a couple of weeks ago. That's that's like that's crazy. That's big time.
1: Yeah, um, that's a beautiful
0: yeah. So um cool, cool. Uh did you play any other sports besides basketball?
1: <laughs> I played I played uh so I played like pop Warner football um, mm. for the East Bay Warriors when I was young. Oh yeah! yeah. Uh, but when I when I actually when I tore my ACL, the doctor straight up told me like you you know I was doing a, lo- a lot You know I was playing on my my middle school team. I was playing CYO. I was playing AAU. Mm. I was playing yeah, yeah. two AAU teams. I was playing football like I had no break. So when I tore my ACL, it was just like, all right, you're overworking yourself." And and uh, so I kind of had to pick. And it was crazy because. That year, my stepdad, um, I was going to try for the baseball team at Amador because I love playing baseball also. I just never played on the actual team. So I was going to try out for yeah. the freshman team just to do it. But once I tore my ACL, I was like, OK, you got to pick a sport and kind of stick with that. So I chose basketball, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's cool. I uh, I played baseball like all my life up until, until uh, Berkeley High made me fucking – pick one or the other (laughs) uh yeah because they they like overlapped the seasons and stuff especially if you go into uh like you know uh yeah yeah so uh i had to pick one like my sophomore year and i just obviously stuck with stuck with uh basketball but yeah baseball i love baseball a lot of people say like oh it's boring but like when you in it and you grow up in it it's yeah you realize like how fun it fun it is and like the brotherhood is like almost like the same as basketball so it's super cool. My son,
1: my, my son is seven and he just asked to play baseball. So I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, I took him to his dope. first A game a few weeks back and he loved it. So
0: we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's lit. That's lit. Uh you a, you an Ace fan? Yeah, I mean I'm an Oakland fan first. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> any
1: any any Oakland team, yeah. And then like I said, with, with Piscotty playing and I, I just loved I just love watching a game of baseball, man. Like yeah. I play MLB show all day. <laughs> I, I I do all that. that's hilarious. I, yeah,
0: that's cool. That's cool. Cool. Well, I, I want to talk about um, kind of the pressures within our community. Right. So, so the pressure to, you know, either get into sports, right. Or get into rapping, whatever it is, right. Something artistic for black people um, that is very prevalent in, in our culture. Um, for me, my dad necessarily didn't pressure me into it, but, um, but it was the only focus. Like my dad was only there for me for basketball, you know? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like besides that, I can, I can ask him for, for new basketball shoes and he'd be like, yeah, okay, I got you. But if I want like lunch money, uh, maybe next week, like stuff like that. It's right. Silly. So it's like, I want to know, did you experience growing up any, any pressure to play basketball or to make it out? Don't, don't worry about this. It's going to come back on. Um, uh, Did you, did you experience any pressure um, and forced to play basketball? Um, that's a great question, man.
1: I don't know. I, you know, what's crazy about that is I don't think, I don't think I experienced that until I got to college. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I never, I never felt, you know, (laughs) I don't think I've ever spoke about this on camera, but there we go. I, I, <laughs> I uh, you know, being at Mac, right, and and having that's that was like my 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 the height of my career, I would say, you know what I mean? As far as like my family came to every game and it was, you know, I was just the biggest deal ever. And then I started to notice that once I got to college and it, it wasn't as hyped up, a lot of people disappeared. And that really affected me. Mm. You know what I mean? I felt I felt like, well, damn, where's the support that I had when you guys were coming to watch me play at Mac? You know, and and um, it, it, it was almost like it, my sanctuary became like, it was like a gift and a curse at the same time. Like I used basketball to kind of keep me away from all the temptations growing up out here and, you know, kind of stay focused on everything. And then by the time I got to the collegiate level, it just got to the point where I hated it. I just hated being in between the lines because it, it didn't feel genuine. It didn't feel, it didn't feel real. It was just like, okay, if you have a good game, they love you. If you had a bad, if you have a bad game, they don't. Yeah. And that really, that really, that really affected my mental health looking back. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, it, it was, it was, it was crazy, man. But yeah. So to answer your question, I never really felt the pressure. My dad, my, so my dad was, uh, um, was a big time street dude, you know, growing up, and I didn't even realize it really until I became an adult how big he really was.
0: Oh shit!
1: But I, I say that I say that to say that he um, he was on a, let's say an extended vacation, <laughs> and I and I uh, so when he, by the time he came home, I was already playing. And my mm-hmm. older sister actually taught me how to play basketball. Wow! And props to her. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> yeah she was like my first coach and everything. So did she play? I was already. Playing. Yeah, she played a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah, she played a little. Bit. She went to Castle Mine and played, you know. But um yeah, so I um my, my by the time my pops came home, I was already hooping and he jumped straight into it with me. So like he started his own team and that's when his dad and Jared my I mean my dad and Jared Cunningham's dad created their own team, Oakland SWAT, and mm. we played together with them. But I uh yeah, I never really felt the pressure to do it. It just it, it seemed like what what I was supposed to be doing, you know what I mean? Because yeah, none yeah. of my other friends played, so yeah, I, I never really felt the pressure.
0: Yeah, A- until you went to college, you said that you kind of felt like like everyone, you know, it wasn't as supportive. Maybe they were, they just weren't physically right there. Um, do you think part of that could have been because you weren't in Oakland anymore and, and you had left? I mean, it could be. I, I don't
1: know. I, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about it like that at the time, only because this is around the time like social media started becoming big, like Facebook and all yeah. those things. I I started to notice like a lot of people reach out to me and um, it would just be less and less people, you know, and Mm. then I, I how you doing? Yeah. Like those type of, yeah. And um, I I just, I don't don't know, man, it's weird. It's just like, it's just, it's not always genuine love and the the people who, and and then I, you know, I, I don't, I hate to make it seem like it's a, it's not a bad thing because they, they don't, they've never experienced it. So they don't know what I'm going through. You know what I mean? They don't know how it feels to move away into a whole nother state on your own Mm -hmm. at 18 years old you know what I mean especially how spoiled I was and how close-knit I am with my family it was just I didn't know how to I didn't know how to fucking write a letter you know (laughs) like like on the envelope how you have to put like your address here there
0: you mix them up
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. so then it's like (laughs) I had to pay my own bills and I like I this is just I was just thrown to the wolves I felt like and it was, it was, it was tough for me, bro. I I, I can't believe it was
0: tough. I, 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 yeah, I want to, I want to touch on that because, you know, where do you think people could have taught us to be prepared for moments like that? Right. It's It's, like, we go all throughout high school and they're like, you take the AC, take the ACT, you know, the SAT, this is how you get to college, but then they don't really prepare you mentally and, and like, physically how to be once you leave once you get accepted they don't prepare you so where do you mm-hmm. think society parents um how do you think they can they can guide people to be ready for that that's I, a loaded question i know bro but that's the whole point no 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 it's it, it's a great question
1: though and 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 i, I feel like this is gonna sound bad, man, but I feel like they need to the whole education system needs to be just readjusted man It has to be at some point like you you know like you we don't they don't teach us about the importance of credit, they don't teach us about bank bank accounts, they don't mm-hmm. teach us about really anything and you don't learn these things until it's time- like you said until you're thrown into the fire, yeah. so me as a parent, you know what i mean and and me having you know being a basketball coach now and and mentoring people and stuff like that. I you know, I I'd let them know the harsh realities. You know what I mean? I teach my son already how to save money and and he has his own bank account and everything and my my you know, setting my daughter up for one. And let me I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a quick story. So I sold cars um uh for for a couple of years and in San Rafael, Marin County, which we all know is a lot of money out there. And um I had a situation where I had an eighteen year old girl come in, she wanted to buy a car, but she wanted to like do it on her own, you know what I mean? And and th- this is when I knew that us as a society were kind of starting the race at the bottom of the hill. Um, so she wanted to buy a car, and she was like, "Well, I don't have credit," and blah blah blah. I don't. I really don't want my parents' help. I want to do this on my own. So when it came time to run her credit, obviously she you know she she didn't really want to do it because she didn't think she had credit. So she called her parents to tell them like, "Hey, I'm here I'm about to buy this car," blah blah blah. Come to find out, her parents added her as an authorized signer on a credit card when she was born. So what that did was it 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 entered her into the the credit bureau at, at eight eighteen years of credit history.
0: Yeah, that was
1: just crazy. That's like you know, no one has that. Just, those are little those are little life hacks that we I've never I would never would have even thought that that was possible.
0: You I, know yeah. what I
1: mean? And it's just like
0: that's ridiculous. So what yeah, was her so, credit? What was her credit score?
1: Oh, she had over a seven twenty.
0: That's incredible. And she's eighteen, you said? And didn't even know. Yep. She was 18, fresh 18. That's crazy. So Dan, did you like, did you think about doing that for your kids? I left the car business and got into banking. I,
1: I literally, because I was just like, okay, you know what? I need to learn finances. There, there's, yeah. too, there's too many things that I'm not aware of that other people are. And it's not, it, It's sad as to say, it's not fair. Like how, how, do, how am I supposed to go through life and and I don't know these I don't know these small things.
0: And, and I, don't, I can't blame my parents because they weren't taught. They weren't taught. Yeah. So that that's what I always like. It's like, who do we blame in this situation? Do, right. You know what I mean? Because part of it is OK. I don't want this to sound bad, but part of it is the responsibility of parents in some way, even if they weren't taught it. We weren't taught it yet we are making the smart moves to go actually learn it you left you went to to banking you went and made that choice so that you can be better for your kids so right. where is the disconnect with some people of where it's like, well I don't know it I'm just gonna teach what I know you know is it like a sense of comfortability? yeah I think it's programming
1: I think I think they're, they're taught to be a certain way do this do this do this to get this yeah. you know what I mean like yeah, I, I had a I I had an aunt of mine who refused to get she she won a a, a lawsuit you know for X amount of dollars, and uh, I I was telling her like man you should look at buying some property she said no I don't want to lose my section eight like that that type of thinking is so backwards
0: yeah
1: yeah that's what we that's what that's how we're conditioned you know what I mean as. Yeah. as and, and and it's it's so unfortunate, man. But what what the good thing about us, man? And I and I always say, I feel like it's it's right. It's one of the reasons why I do what I do now because I feel like some of the smartest people I've ever encountered are from here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And some some of my peers that I've just had conversations like this with, and and what we're doing is we we have access to the information, right? And we're taking advantage of it. Not all of us, but some of us and the ones that are, we're doing things like this to where we're sharing that knowledge and we're opening up people's eyes. I mean, like I said, if I didn't work at that car dealership and I didn't take that one customer, I probably would have never got in the bank. You know what I mean? But, but those little life experiences and and me just wanting to know more and then me just reiterating that information and passing it down to other people. Like when I first started working for Wells Fargo, I went to them and I said, Hey, you know what you guys to do? This is when they were going through. trying to rebuild the trust and everything with, after from that call. lawsuit.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Hey, you know what you guys should do? Um, we should do a home ownership program, uh, like a seminar for the, uh, the urban community. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. can get a bunch of black people and they were with it, but it, it you know, it became too much to, And it's a long story of why we didn't do it. But I think those little things are what we need. Like, like you said in the school systems, we need to learn, you know, the importance of buying property, um, the importance of, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, it, honestly, you know, we, we all go to, we, we, we work hard through life just to work for somebody else. And, and it's like, you it's never enough. You know what I mean? In these big corporations, I'm so anti-corporate America. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Man, it's crazy.
0: Do, do you still work in the banking system or no? Technically? Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, Nah, yeah, I I totally get it, man. And that's like, it's sad because you see, it's literally the hamster wheel, the the hamster wheel. You see it happening and it's like, oh, how do I just pause this hamster wheel, take the hamster out of there and and let the hamster know this is the better wheel to go. You know, like, so, I mean, that's kind of like the purpose I started this and started in, and, you know, I really just started as almost a, and it still is like, a self-reflection, right. A, a, almost a, a diary um, for my kids. But now I'm getting people who are, you know, in my DMS asking me for financial advice or, you know, how to build a business or, you know, how to, how to rent your car out on Turo, right. How to, how to buy property the right way and avoid taxes. So it's like, holy fuck, like seeing this, that is changing people's lives or way of thinking is like it's crazy, bro. It's like the the uh, the Tupac quote uh, when he was like, uh, "I may not change the world, but I may spark the mind that does." Like that has always stuck yeah. with me, and I think that's what you know. People like us are doing is is it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to you know be the most famous, right? Be right. the most biggest podcast. But as long as we are reaching back to our community and getting people to right. at least. Talk about it. Google it. You know, what is budgeting? What is debt? Right. What is a 401k? I think we're doing our part on that end. I agree,
1: man. I agree.
0: Facts, facts. Um, And and like for me, like the, the the go get it mentality for me came from playing sports, which is why I was super excited to talk talk with you, because, you know, I feel like we have that that similar, you know, sports history of 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 that go get it mentality. And I feel like we take that into the world of you know, banking, finance, right? Entrepreneurship. Um, and and I think that is kind of what, what uh motivates us to like I think, give I think, back. I think
1: growing up, growing up here in the Bay Area, I think we all kind of have a chip on our shoulder. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't know why, but if I was to guess, I would say it's because being a hooper, right? Growing up, when I would play on the AAU circuit back in the day, right. And I would tell we would tell teams like, "Oh yeah, we're from California." They would like kind of turn their nose up at us, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. When people think California, they think L.A., they think mm-hmm. Hollywood, they think all of this. So I think we're kind of like the the long distance cousin of L.A., wh- which which kind of breeds us to be a certain kind of like. If you look, if you take Damian Lillard for for example, right? And you watch you watch how his career has 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 been over. The, you know, me being one year under him, I remember him literally playing for the Rebels. So I kind of know all of his story, right? Mm-hmm. And and everybody talks about how he has that chip on his shoulder and he's constantly having to prove people wrong, but it's, it's, it's a gift in a way, because like you say, no matter what we do, we, we have to come, we come into it, starting that race at the bottom of the hill, at least feeling like it. Mm -hmm. So we have to do really pretty much more than enough to, to kind of level out the playing field. And I just think that's a, I I love that about us. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It it may, like you said, it makes us go get it. We have to figure, just figure shit out.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, that's, yeah. Now I'm glad you brought up that damn situation because a lot of people are like, yo, he is playing like he needs to prove something. Till this day, the nigga already proved a lot. Like, (laughs) like there's, what else can he prove besides a championship? Like, I'm confused. But like, he still plays with that. And, and i mean it's amazing it's amazing to watch and and you're absolutely right you think even think about the the people who really didn't make it like that right think about those scrap the no names right the people that people don't mention to this day like and 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 you're like man they really used to play with a chip on their shoulder they were so hard to guard and yet oh. no one fucking knows who they are now like what are they doing now so it's like crazy. yeah and I, I agree man It's it's been some some crazy shit but um cool i want to talk about kind of the downfalls of of playing basketball okay now i don't i don't want it to sound like that but like in the basketball world when you're growing up you're really stuck in this one community right yeah. you Okay, you have a social life, but it's not a social life. It's more of a basketball social life. You're with your basketball buddies. You guys are doing stuff together. Um, You're not really branched out. You can't really go party. I mean, you can in high school a little bit, but when you get to college, it's a whole different game, right? Um, Mm -hmm. What kind of shelter did basketball put you in that kept you from learning about this stuff early on? Do you think basketball was a cause that kept it like delayed. If I could, if I could go back,
1: I probably would have never played. To be mm. honest with you, Dude, that's what I needed. I wanted to hear something
0: like that. Okay, okay, yeah. The,
1: the reason why is because um, when I first started working for Wells Fargo, right, I had a um, an assistant manager there who was I when I got there, I was what twenty seven. 20, 27 28 or whatever so um she was 26 right and she was making the transition into running her own branch like being a branch manager oh shit and I and I asked her and she's from she was from the Philippines right and I was just like damn like what because like we brought you out here and she's like oh I came out here to go to nursing school she was like and then I got this job at Wells Fargo as a part-time job and I just stayed and I say that to say I feel like basketball kind of When I, by the time I graduated high school, by by the time I finished college, it was just like, okay, now what? Like, what do I do now? What, 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 like, where do I, where do I go from here? You know what I mean? I go get a job. It's going to be entry level. I'm gonna have to intern. I start. I try coaching at the collegiate level. It's like I don't, I can't afford to pay my dues right now. Um, You know, I I need, I need to make money. It's expensive as hell living in California, like we all know. But um, I just feel like it kind of, it, it kind of. It was a distraction in a way. Like I, it, it took me. It took me longer to feel the real world because mm-hmm. I was so wrapped up in the basketball world. Yes, you know what uh, I mean.
0: So, absolutely. So that's why
1: when it comes to my son, everybody's like, "Oh, why don't you make? Why don't you make him play basketball?" It's like, well, if he doesn't want to, my son is telling me he he'd rather be a scientist. So shit. Hey, I, I I'm more like fuck basketball. Let's yeah. work, let's focus on that. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I just feel like I feel like with with. Uh, when it comes to youth sports, period, right? And I, I'm actually writing a book on this. When it just when it comes to youth sports, period, the adults, the adult egos fuck it up, mm. and they brain they brainwash us as kids to think. Think about it like this: let's say let's say if you're an eighth grader, right, and you're the number one player in the country, right, as an eighth grader, which is ridiculous if you think about how that sounds. Right?
0: And <laughs> um, we've seen it happen it, before, bro.
1: <laughs> but but let's so let's say you're the number one player in the country right? as an eighth grader. For the rest of your career, you have to fight to stay number one. Because once you drop to number two, they're going to say what? You fell off, right? Mm-hmm. And then you think think of all the other kids who are not number one. They're, ho- they're spending the rest of their career trying to become number one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we understand how much of a um, strain that has on everybody's mental health when it comes to sports. And I don't think that's talked about enough, And which mm-hmm. is what my book is targeting. Because as kids, man, we de- I devoted my whole life to basketball. And I started to feel like I wasn't getting anything
0: back from it. Yeah, bro. Damn, bro. I needed this interview a long time ago. <laughs> nah, bro, for you're like 100% right, man. It is it's it's draining. And not the fact to mention like at an 8th grade level, your brain is just not there to handle that much capacity. So, we should be big
1: kids, bro. We
0: yeah, should big we should kids. be kids like and that's why that's why I had asked the question, did you ever feel pressured into it? Now, okay, for me it was like Yeah, I felt a little pressure from, from, from my dad, but there's also external sources, right? Like, you know, I I went to Willard, like I was the guy at Willard. Like, so now I got the AD wanting me to play every other sport. I got, you know what I mean? I feel the pressure from external people. Now people are starting to realize that's Juwan, the kid with the long hair, right? Like they probably don't even remember my name. It's like the kid with the long hair who hoops like the, I still get that shit till, till this day. And like, so it's like, um, you start to like, feel like that's you. Right. And then yep. you're like, okay, I got no choice. Right. And so I think that's super important. Like for my son, he's two and a half and like, I you know, I hear my friends talking about like, yeah, man, my son, like he 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 dunking and stuff, like on the little baby hoops and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like my son, he only wants to play with it when he wants to play with it. Like I'm not gonna sit here and put the ball in his hands and say, you know, go shoot, go shoot, go shoot. Like if he wants to do something, if he wants to cuddle with me, we gonna cuddle right, right. and watch TV. Right, like right. uh that, be- that's, you know what? That's that's another thing that we don't I
1: don't think we address enough as as a community, is just the whole like we don't, we don't, we don't allow young men to express their, their emotions and their feelings and their, their, their intimate, their intimate side. You know yeah. what I mean? Like my son's, my son is, my son is really big, right? He's, he's like, he's a huge kid, <laughs> but he's like a teddy, he's a teddy bear. Yeah i mean like when my he's like he's seven and he's still is gonna lay next to me he's gonna rub on my arm <laughs> you know he just he loves that skin to skin affection yeah and it makes you know as a father that melts me you know i yeah, love yeah. that shit, yeah yeah yeah. yeah i'm not gonna be like oh no toughen up like be hard no no fuck that bro fuck yeah. that we don't I, I like i refuse to raise my son to society standards bro i refuse it i refuse yeah. it because i know what that did to me i know i know the 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 like when i Like when I wanted to cry and I had to hold that shit back, it just made it worse.
0: Like, don't cry, don't cry, I'm gonna slap you. For real
1: though. That shit is traumatizing. It is, bro. It is. And 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 I and and I love that you said that because I feel like our generation as fathers, bro, like we're we're switching the narrative. You know what I mean? Like my son, my is people don't understand how I, I don't mean to go on this little rant, but people don't understand how um how, how important it is just to let people express themselves in any, in any way they want to, you know what I mean? Because when you, when you feel suppressed and you feel like I, I there's been multiple times in my life where I felt like I didn't have a voice you know what I mean as intelligent as I felt like I was and and everything but I just felt like I couldn't be myself because everybody would look at me differently and that's what I I love about my podcast is because I get to open up and tell my story and I haven't done my interview yet because I'm trying to I'm like trying to do a big project around it but when I do open up and kind of talk about myself and when I'm when I'm um, relating to with somebody on, on the show I really try to pinpoint that the fact that I I, nobody's gonna silence me ever again. I refuse it. <clears throat> you know what I mean. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care how how it, how you how it feels. I'm gonna always be respectful, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna live in my truth. You know what I mean? I, I'm I have to because ultimately that's gonna make me feel the best internally, which it makes me externally be a better person. Yes. Yeah.
0: Nah. I feel it, bro. That's real. That's real. And I think more people actually need to be open to expressing their feelings. Um, right. But. And, and a lot of people are in a weird way with social media, right? You got Twitter. A lot of people will say any fucking thing on Twitter, but when, when they're face-to-face or they're Zooming, you know, they won't open up as much. And, and that's kind of a weird, you know, a weird line. Like, how do you get people to cross that? So that is very interesting. And then, let, let's talk about
1: that for a second.
0: Uh, are they really expressing themselves on Twitter or are they
1: putting on this persona? that that that's what i hate about twitter it's like every you can you can be you can be whoever you want to be and it's not it's like if, if i go on there it, i feel like everybody's like everybody wants to go viral right everybody mm. wants to go viral so it's like a shock factor factor thing so people are going to try to say the most wild off the wall shit just to get the retweets and the responses from everybody so if you really if you, you aren't really expressing yourself if you don't genuinely believe that you know what i mean If you don't believe the tweet that you're tweeting, are are you really expressing yourself or are you just doing it just for attention? It's almost like a a, a rebellious teenager who's just acting out for attention.
0: I think, yeah, but I think part of it could be you are expressing yourself, but a different part of you. Right. Because just because you wear a mask doesn't mean that that mask isn't who you want to be in some type of way, unconsciously. So like. Like let's think about it. When people come up to you, like, "Yo, you're you're Justin with the braids, right?" From Mac, like that used to feel you when you were younger. Now it's yeah. like, ah, yeah, yeah. I am, yeah. you know. Right. But yeah. back then, that was part of your identity. Now yeah. that mask is off, right? right? Yeah. But you're yeah. still attached to it. You're still expressing <laughs> your feelings through it by telling your story. That's so, like, yeah, I, I feel like. You know, I studied psychology in college, so I I, I like I this okay, is my sure shit. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, oh, okay. so yeah, I don't know. It, it is a good point, but, but yeah, that that was that was that was a good conversation. I did because you you did say you were uh writing a book and and about uh mental health and like you know, um, for kids and stuff. So I wanted to point out uh my homie Taj Taj Deshaun, uh he has a book called Thrive After Sports. Um, I want to, oh, really? I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to link you with the book because I think it may help you in writing your book. Um, it's about, well, he played sports as well. Um, and it's about what to do after college, right? When you devoted your whole life to that one sport, how do you get into the real world? And that book is, is what it's about. I think it's, it's over there. Um, so yeah, I think it might help you in your book. And then I wanted to shout out my book as well. For all the people listening, I know I shouted it out multiple times. Money Talks: The Beginner's Guide to Investing, um, where I teach you the basics of um, how to manage money, um, simple way. It's it's a conversation between how, how, two how kids. Did, how did you
1: how did you get into um in, into into that that space to want to want to learn finances and kind of like what, what what steps did you take to get in
0: into this? If you don't mind me asking. No, yeah, that's a great question. Uh. Are you talking more into like the book itself or just finances in general and like learning? In your personal life. Um, I'd say realizing the different environments when I put myself into a different environment. If I was, if I would have stayed in Berkeley, bro, I would not be the same. I would not yeah. like, I would not have learned as much, bro. Like, so when I put myself in a different environment and I started seeing how people live, I started seeing all right, you know, I was the only black kid on the on the team for maybe two years, right? Uh and so when I started seeing that the families on the basketball team would come, they'd visit, they'd come to games, right? Uh random games. Like it's not even a big game. They just come in support. They fly wow. out. And they would have to take me on their dinners, right? Because they felt bad because no one would come. So I would be at dinner with a table full of white people with money. Right. Right. And I'm sitting here like, how do I how how can I get this? What am I missing? You know, what was my my parents missing? Like, why why don't we have this? And and it's hard to understand at first, right? Because it's a new environment for you. And mm-hmm. I started to just ask questions, bro. <laughs> how yeah. how how what do you do? You know, like, okay. Uh, like just ask questions and 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 that started to feel like me learning and then bro this is at the time where podcast is becoming you know the thing right it's like less music podcast right and i start learning i start reading books like rich dad poor dad uh just stuff like that and educating myself you know, on you know who
1: you know who i started to interrupt you you know who made who who who
0: told me about that book will cherry what really that's crazy will cherry yeah, he's a smart dude, man. He's so uh, over, like, look, like he's very fucking smart. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, uh, my, that's like my best friend, man. Yeah, we talk I, every day.
0: I love Will, man. He's amazing. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just started to like ask questions, bro, and and then I I just went down the rabbit hole, started to learn shit, and I'm like, oh my god, if I knew what I knew back then, I would be a billionaire, not a millionaire, a billionaire. So then that's why I started the podcast and started teaching this because I was like, I hope, you know, some kid in high school is listening. You know, he's probably playing basketball right now. And it's like, what the fuck am I going to do after basketball season? I'm not going to go to the NBA. I'm five fucking six. Like, you feel me? Right, like, right. so I want to provide other options. Um, did, did, that,
1: did that ever make you grow re- any resentment towards your parents?
0: Nah, not at all. Uh, I have resentment towards my dad. But that's, like, a whole nother like, story just because, like I said, he, my dad was was there only for basketball most of my life. Then once, like, high school came, like, uh, junior, junior year, once I had, like, so I had played VAR, right? I, like, I had practiced and stuff a little bit with, like, Bam and stuff as a freshman just for the, you know, he was teaching me shit. Um, you know, being the fucking dope ass player he was at at that time, you know, I'd practice with them and stuff and, and be like, yo, like, when is he going to put me on VAR and shit? Like, you know, I'm ready. I mean, mind you, I'm fucking five, five at this time, 145 pounds, but I had talent. So everyone was like, you, you go get there. Right. But, uh, and then sophomore year hit, And, you know, I finally got the opportunity at the end, uh, at the end of the season to, to play VAR and stuff. And I just started learning stuff and I start seeing this is another topic too that I only talked to one person about it. I think playing VAR at such a young age held me back from my potential. Really? Could you see why? For sure. And why why would you think?
1: Because I, I feel like when it comes to basketball, reps is, reps is everything, right? So I feel like if you're not getting the in-game reps that you should, it, it hurts you. And it definitely, it, it because it, put it like this, and, I, and this is, I was just having this talk the other day, me, Will, and somebody else in our group chat, right? And and I was, like, you take somebody like uh, whoever, right? You take a basketball player and, and, okay, let's take myself, for example, right? When I got to the collegiate level or when I got to Mac, it was like, okay, I was always a point guard, but I could shoot the ball, right? So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, I always had to play off the ball and just come off screens to shoot threes, right? When I got to the collegiate level, I, I became a, a real point guard, but they turned me into a scoring point guard. And I never was trained mentally conditioned mm-hmm. to be a scoring point guard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I, you can't just turn that switch on and off. And I feel like those early days is when you find your identity as a hooper. And so I think that's why it could hinder
0: somebody for sure, for sure, yeah.
1: playing to early.
0: Absolutely. Why? For me, it's I
1: you feel like it did for
0: you so i was telling one of my coaches because i had always played at 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 a higher level right and i felt it since like fucking fifth grade right like Mm -hmm. uh and i felt i was telling one of my coaches who's fucking coached me since fifth grade sixth grade that like dude this really set me back thinking about it because you you have a young kid who's playing at a high level but he's not getting as much playing time as he should right you're only putting him in at the moments, the other point guard's tired, hurt, or y'all up by like 30, right? Or down by 30, right? So you're only, like you said, it's reps. And so when, when in high school, 10th grade, right, and we're playing McClymonds, right, and, and you're putting me in with three minutes left to go, it's like, what am I learning? Right, you're not preparing me to be the best point guard for junior year when I'm starting and no one else is there. Now you got this five six kid, 150 pounds, who has minimal experience on varsity, right? When I could have just killed it on JV, right? Now, so I think that's kind of like what held me back, and I and I, I like never really opened up about that until very recently, and I don't, I actually don't think I, I realized it. I always thought it was good. Like, Oh man. Yeah. Get them up there. Right. Put them up. You know, they should always play higher. It gets them tough. Right. Like, right, right, right. but nah, I, I don't think so. So um, yeah, I think, I think that played played a big part of, of, of like going into college. Right. You you're like, it's a different world. Right. You, you, like you said, you were, you were trained to to be a different guard than, than the college wanted you to be. And so how do you adapt to that in such a short amount of time? You only got four years and you technically only got two until they start making decisions. Right. Like, so um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's wild. But no, nah, that's, that's a great conversation. I don't think a lot of people have. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, bro, I think the same thing that happened with Langston too. I think if Langston would have had like a little bit more time to like develop in college, like his freshman year, it'd be a whole different story so um but yeah i want to move on to a segment um i call it hella Guided segment um and it's pretty much where i ask the same question to each person who comes up here and that question is if you were to write a summary or a, a letter to your 18 year old self what would be a summary of that letter Ooh. yep oh let me
1: we, think we
0: opening up today man <laughs>
1: Um caught mm. you off guard. Yeah, for sure. You know what? I, I I think what I would what I would say to my eighteen year old self, I'm trying to think of when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um man, when I was eighteen, I was angry man. I was an angry person. I I would just, why though?
0: Like you said, you were, you were, Mac was living, living it up right there.
1: You know, you know what? I, I feel like, I feel like myself, right? I'm one of the few people who, um, who um, I kind of had the, 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 let's say the worst of both worlds, right? I, I was I was popular in the basketball world, but I was also outside a little bit, right? So, with that being said, I was kind of running the streets. So I, I had I had this th- that Oakland fire in me to the point to where when I got to college, when I got to college, my college teammates had to kind of pull me to the side, like, "Hey, man, you can't you can't be out here fighting and tripping on everybody and Word. like flipping." Yeah, yeah, it it it, it, was, it was that bad. So I, I think what I what I would tell my younger self is just. Um, this is gonna sound terrible man <laughs> first of all I, I wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't have went to college bro i wouldn't yeah. have went to college
0: oh yeah that, that, that does sound terrible
1: <laughs> expand I, I, I it, it, because so my first year of college i read a i read an article called colleges for suckers right and um from that moment on i i lost i lost respect for the education system Mm-hmm. From that point on, just because it, it it showed me that uh it doesn't, it it doesn't it doesn't work how we think it works. You know what I mean? Go to school, get a good job, and um and and become rich, right? That's like yeah. what, what what we think. Yeah. And I just think in telling and telling my younger self, I would, I would be figuring out how to work for myself
0: at that point. Oh, like yeah. trying to learn like how to be your own boss at that point, instead of yeah. going to college yeah. and wasting your time. Yeah. 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 And yeah.
1: I don't want to say waste my time because uh, I mean, like I said, some of my closest friends in my life right now, I met in college, you know, experiences, the, 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 the good, the ups and the downs, you know, the good and the bad. I, 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 it, it made, made me who I am today. You know what yeah, I mean? No, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't went to college cause I wouldn't change any of that. But I just would have, I would have had a whole different approach to life.
0: I think, I think what you're trying to say and correct me if I'm wrong is that college is worth it. If you know what you're going for, for example, for me, like, like you said, it was going to college and learning that experience, that different being in a different environment taught me a lot, but also I used it as a networking tool, right? Right. Fuck, I don't use my degree now, right? Besides psychoanalyze people, (laughs) but like I don't use that shit for work, right? So I think if you go with a purpose to, to let's, how do I say this in a nice way? Get over on the system, right? Because the the education system sucks. But if you use it to be like, hey, I really want to use business so I can become an entrepreneur, let me go study business instead of communications. Right. Sorry, (laughs) but like, it's a, it's that, it's that. That's all. That also society pressure of you're an athlete. Let's put you in communications. This is easy. You're gonna pass all your classes that way. You can focus on your sports. We're not gonna teach you about business, taxes, um, and how the economy works. So instead, what I'm gonna teach to my son is, hey, college is an option. You want to go there? That's cool. We we got we put some money aside. But what, why are you actually going to go to college? What do you want to do, you know? And obviously things cha- things change, right? You can be like, hey, yeah. I want to do this, and then you graduate college, and it's like, I don't want to do that shit, you know. Like, right. I want to do something else. And right. so I think it's more of kind of guiding, right? Yeah. Guiding to a a understanding of what you're using it for, and I I think I think that's what you were trying to say. Oh, for sure, for sure, yo. Yeah. Facts, facts, facts. That's a
1: great question, though, man. I, I never really, you you know, what's something I do for my son? Um, and it's so crazy because he's like the little me, right? Um, but monthly, I, I I I write him, um, I write him just like an update on what I'm going through, how I'm feeling, and I just, you know, what he means to me. And I, I have a I have a daughter now too, who's eight months, and I'm gonna do the same with her. But um, I'm Congrats. not gonna give him. I'm not going to thank you. I appreciate it. I'm not going to give him these letters until he's 18. Just so he can see what I went through, the ups and the downs. You know what I mean? It's almost like my little diary that I'm just going to share with my kids.
0: Bro, you know? I never heard of someone do that. That's like, yeah. that, that's crazy. Yeah. That's dope, man. For real. Yeah. And, and, and it's really, it's real. you know, I'm a, I'm a real big mental health guy. So I went to therapy
1: and every, you know, I did all of those things and and it's 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 almost like a little small therapy session with me just opening up and venting to my kids. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's very therapeutic for me, and I can't wait until he's eighteen and he can read all of them because I've been doing it for a while now, man. For
0: that's, a while now, that's crazy, man. So like, I, I fucks with that. I fucks with the writing. So for me, I'm I, for me, I'm doing the same thing with the podcast and then my music. Right, those are the two times that I'm most vulnerable. Right. Is when I'm writing music, I can sit and And that just gets me in the zone. And then so everything I release, it's not for people. I'm not trying to be famous. It's more of just like if you fuck with it, you fuck with it. But when my son grows up, he's going to be able to listen and understand what I went through at this time in my life. And then the podcast, it's like I'm teaching others, but I'm also doing this as a diary for my son to learn. Right. And so I really respect what you're doing, and that's super dope. And congrats on on the the daughter. I have a daughter on the way. Uh, oh wow, congrats! My fiance is due in September. September. September twelfth. Yeah, that's, that's man. My my daughter is growing, man. It's, oh, I gotta go yeah.
1: pick her up a little later, man. I, yeah. I, that little girl, she's so full of, full of life, man. I love that. little
0: girl. I bet. I bet as soon as she came out, like changed the whole perspective. Of, hey, like Bro, the I, sun. I the the like sun like is cool. TV yeah, I, <laughs> you cried. I tried, like, Baby, bro. Yeah. I cried like a, like, I I, I cried
1: hard, bro. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, but you know what's crazy? So when I have my son, I, I, um, I was living in LA at the time and, I um, he was here, you know, he was being, but his mom is from yeah. here and I was on my way back, driving back because I, I had to go, I, I, I was out here. She went to labor. I had to go back to LA. Then I had to come back. He, I literally missed him. I was on the elevator coming up when they pulled him out. Oh. so I missed the I missed the birth. Yeah, and birth, well, I he, I cried a little bit with him also just seeing him afterwards because he had to go on like the the, uh, the, the what incubator. do you call it yeah.
0: incubator? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and then but with my daughter I was like in the, in there the whole time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, I got I, like actually experienced it, man, and I
0: I cried like a fucking baby. Bro. Hey, see, see, niggas cry, niggas cry too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, niggas. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, right, 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 right. But yeah, nah, that's 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 a blessing, man. I'm I'm super excited. Um, I already know, like, and I I got what I wanted. I wanted the son to be older, and then I, I wanted here. a daughter. So it's like I Same got it. Here. Yeah, yes. I got it. I wanted uh, I wanted a daughter so
1: bad, bro, so bad, and I got it. So I, yeah. I feel you on that.
0: <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. All right, man. We just got a few questions left. I know you probably got a busy day. You got to get the shit going. Um, the next question is what failures are you most proud of? Oh, damn. These are some great questions, man. <laughs> um,
1: what failures am I most proud of? Um, I would say, I would say probably... Um,
0: I got probably. you. I got yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs>
1: because my, my mind is like racing right now with so many things. Um,
0: fuck, bro. This um, is why I don't tell the people the questions before. They always ask how I can prepare. I get it all the time. How, how do? How can I prepare? I just be like, yeah. Nah, man. I got you. You <laughs> know. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. I want it straight, authentic. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: I would probably have to say, bro. I. So as a Hooper, right, I always was um, was somebody known to have a high basketball IQ or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was it was a gift and a curse. And it was a curse because when I got to the collegiate level, a lot of my coaches felt like I was trying to show them up. Hmm. And I didn't really understand why. Like, let's say if I'm in practice, right, and I'm like, and we're going over a play, or we're doing, we're going over defense, and it's like, oh, we're guarding a low cross or guarding a down screen, and he's kind of if the coach is showing us the wrong way, I was always that player that would speak up and be like, no, you're supposed to guard like this, and I'm doing it to help the team, but the coach is thinking I'm doing it to show him up. You know what I mean? Who is this young dude who oh, yeah. is already a hothead? Is already a you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a vocal person. I'm I'm real charismatic to the point to where my my teammates are gonna follow me you know what yeah. I mean and and um so I would say I would say I learned a, I learned such a valuable lesson in that when I started coaching you know what I mean and 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 I, I think it's because I, when I first got to the collegiate level I sent a text message to every coach I ever had who I was who I know I was an asshole to and apologized
0: mm-hmm. you know Ooh, what I mean damn bro that is growth yeah, uh, you're yeah. you're you're really about growth. Like when you talked yeah. about the mental health and stuff, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. So I, yeah, I, I I did that and and I did it because I, I quickly saw
1: if I saw it basketball from a whole different spectrum at that point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think I think that also helped me grow as as a person. So I, I would say that's probably my one of my biggest hurdles that I, I'm I'm glad that I went through because. it it shaped me into the man and it it helped with my patience level as a parent. Like it's, it's, it helped me in so many different ways, bro. So many different ways. Yeah. But that's a great question, bro. That is a great question.
0: (laughs) Thanks. I've been told I'm a natural at this, (laughs) 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 Uh, but no, that's, that's, that's amazing, man. Did any of the coaches, what was like the best response you got from a coach after that text? I, um,
1: one of the coaches took a lot of accountability for his, his part that he played in it. And it, and it, and it, made me, Shit. it made me feel really, it made me feel really good. Shit.
0: That's crazy. Feel really good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we all hated uh, our college coach, so I'm not even going to talk <laughs> about him. <laughs> that's a, that's a story for another podcast. Well, uh, even, even like the, like, yeah, yeah bro we were so good and it just it, it makes no sense you know we have a really good team and and you just can't find that one piece to win the championship but yet you're in the championship every year and it just like yeah. what's that one thing it's a coach <laughs> yeah. but
1: um it's a lot cool. of, you know uh, just a side note on that. I, I feel like a lot of coaches, uh, and I even think this is my opinion, obviously, but I think Monty Williams kind of did it in the in the finals.
0: Sometimes we overcoach. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely, bro. Yeah. Or yeah. or or this is gonna yeah. hurt. Or there's too much personal experience in it for you. Yep. There's too much of oh, I would it did this. I used to do this. And you know, like. When I, when I used to play, it was this like, no, the game's changing, you know, day by day, but, but get your, get your personal feelings out of this, your personal emotions. And I think that's what it was. Our coach had a lot of pride. He did not want to be wrong. We had a very, very smart player, a couple smart players on the team, like literally could just look at the floor, IQ off the charts. Mm -hmm. It took the whole team to be like, yo, you got to listen to this guy. Like, and still didn't want to listen. So yeah. that's hard, right? Um, that, and- that's why I'll never coach
1: at the college level again, bro. Ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah. It would have to like it would have to be like uh, like life changing money for me to ever coach at the collegiate level again. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: What? Uh, where'd you coach? So the audience knows. I coached at Cal State Dominguez Hills. Yep. So and that's where you played as well. um uh, yeah. when did you graduate? Uh, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, that's crazy. That and I bet that's like a whole different thing. Would you coach a uh, high school and shit? I know JJ was out here coaching Beehive for a minute. I was trying to, you know, I coach at Mac now. I was trying to get JJ to
1: join my staff, man. Oh, really? Yeah, I was trying. He he said it no. Out, well, no, he he got a he got a better opportunity that makes more sense. It, mm-hmm. it makes more sense. He he he's an assistant this year, and I think he's going to take over that program as a head coach the next season or something like
0: that yeah man he the kids love him man it's like that's what you need yeah 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 yeah. he's amazing um shout out the way the way that i
1: approach the way that i approach coaching is um like i i i purposely make myself the bad guy and i need somebody to balance that out Mm. for me you know what i mean like i'm 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 always gonna be the hard nose you know (laughs) i don't joke with I don't I don't do any of it only because me being so young, I have to establish that respect level. That balance. I mean, you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have to. But I, I always make it, it. One of my close friends, Keith, who coached with me, he just got a, a college job, you know, shout out to him. Um, he's really good at that. I had him on staff and he was always that balance. Like he knew the music they listened to and all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like old oh, head mean dude, but but he 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 was really good at that. And I think that's real important, man, when it comes to building a staff is having you need somebody like that, that can um that can balance out that, you know, that that thing with the kids. Cause you have they they're never gonna respond if they can't relate to you. You know what yeah. I mean? So
0: and I think that I think not to put uh all the business out there, but I think that was part of the reason JJ uh left the Berkeley High thing was because he wasn't the hard-nosed coach and the parents needed that, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. coming off of a championship. Uh so I yeah. think that kind of like he was so close with the kids that there was no clear boundary. Yo, yo. Um, and side note, what the fuck? Berkeley High winning winning championships and shit years later with no <laughs> no d1 players, no d2 players. <laughs> Bro, how does no, that happen? Is so bad,
1: bad out here right now. Man.
0: I know. I, but and they were in the better league, right? Bishop O'Dow, fucking the like our league was so different back then. And so yeah that's just that's wild wild solid, side note but anyways <laughs> um what steps are you taking for you and your 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 son and and your daughter um to build wealth um man I, you started investing
1: all, oh yeah yeah i'm 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 in i'm in the stock market i got my own marketing company um i have uh i got some merch coming out soon um I have my own studio, my own podcast studio, but just outside of all, all of those like physical, tangible things, I, I think it, it the most important thing, man, for me is just, um, continuing to seek the knowledge, man. I have a business mentor who's like a fucking billionaire and I'm so, I'm so grateful to have him because he teaches me so many, so many little small, subtle things. That's just like powerful. You know what I mean? But I, I'm just, I'm I'm so I'm addicted to just gaining knowledge, gaining new knowledge, man. I try to learn at least something, one thing new every day. And then I try to teach somebody something new every day. I like, that's my, 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 my daily goal Is like I learn something new and then teach something to somebody else just without, you know, and even, even working for Wells Fargo, man, like being, a, I'm a business banker. You know what I mean? So it's like, I did that purposely, so I can make sure my shit is straight. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But, cheat but um, yeah exactly but yeah man it's just, it's just constantly gaining knowledge man because like you said the world is evolving and changing every day you know it's like you if you're not up to date you then get left then you get or, yeah end, quickly though real mm-hmm. quick yeah. you know what I mean so yeah, I, th- I think I would say that and then like you said, paying that paying that information forward. You know, I, I have I teach my son to be a critical thinker, you know what I mean? It's just like question everything until it makes sense to you. And and it, it kind of annoys me, but you know, because he's a like, daddy, why, but why, but why? But it's like I, I love that, you know what I mean? Because again. When I was young, I know how I felt to feel like I didn't have that voice or I would be scared to question certain things. And it's like, no, bro, we're all nobody has the the blueprint to life. Nobody knows the right way. Do this. And this is going to happen. Nobody knows. We're all figuring this shit out on, on, on the fly. Right. So, fuck, you can question anything, bro. I'm not going to just listen to what you say and, and take that for as law. You know what I mean? I, I, sometimes I want to go against the grain and try something new.
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, No, nah, man, dude, that's facts, bro. <laughs> that. That right before you even spoke, I was like, please say knowledge, knowledge, like one word. <laughs> all you gotta say is knowledge yeah, because exactly. you can do all this investing. You can do, you know, set, like I just recently, I suggest you do it too. Just uh, set up a um, custodial account for, for your kids. Mm-hmm. I just set one up uh, like two weeks ago for Zakai. Um, and, you know, I'm gonna invest in Apple, um, you know, like a couple shares a month and stuff for him um and just get him get him ready you know because by the time he's 18 that nigga gonna be rich as fuck like right like uh he could choose to do whatever so with that money and but i'm gonna make sure he's making the right choices with that money because if you're just giving you know, a million dollars at 18, you gonna go blow that motherfucker without the, the uh, proper knowledge, right? Without the book, Money Talks. Uh, yeah, right, you gotta right, right. you gotta know how to manage it and you gotta know how to set yourself up and his kids for future wealth. So a, I, I'm glad you said dope. that, bro. Uh, bro, I wanna send your uh, son a, a copy of the book, bro. Uh, I think it's perfect time sure. to, uh, to start reading it to him. It's a conversation between two kids. Black kid is teaching the, the white kid. Had to do that, um, but it's literally a conversation, so it's super easy. There's some math problems you and your son could do, and um, teaching him about like compound interest and stuff. Super dope, bro. Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah, dope, bro. It, it did really well on uh, the first day I, I released it. It, it. it went number one on Amazon on hot new releases. I, I think I saw you. I think I saw you tweet that, man. That, that's huge, bro. I, yeah, I, I, I salute. I love that, man. I love that, bro. I yeah, you know, that. you know what's crazy is like, like I've been, I've been like. Like, you know what I noticed is like the, I don't know how to say this, but like o- over the years, since I graduated, like a lot of the stuff I've been promoting was music, right? My music uh-huh. and, and, I, and, and you know, a lot of people have different tastes on music. My shit is like, I'm, I'm a storyteller. I like like the J Cole, you know, the, so that's not as fancy, right? It's hard to get a crew uh-huh. under that. So when I promote my music, there's not a, a lot of love. Right. But like I said, it's not for the people, right? It, it's more for uh-huh. me as a journal. Um, but when I promote something like this, like the book shit, bruh, I had so many people coming out of the woodworks from, from Mac, Salesian, nigga, Amador Valley, people I ain't talked to in years. It was like, yo, this is huge. Like sharing it. I was like, you niggas ain't shared my shit in years, nigga. Like, (laughs) nah, it's all love.
1: I get it, but it's funny. But, but, but but you know what? It's a life lesson in that though, because if you think about it, man, it's just, you know, and this is just a message to anybody listening when it comes to, you know, trying something new or doing anything in a creative space. It's like, bro, never stop no matter what because it, all it takes is one thing. All it takes is for you to do one thing and it to pick up, pick up steam. You know, even with my podcast, like I remember trying to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It was like, I remember trying to get to 100.
0: Yeah. You know I'm, what I mean? And I'm, I'm like, trying to, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I feel I, I, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, bro. Like it's been hella, hella times. Bro. I'm like, man, fuck this, bro. This shit is like, <laughs> I'm at only 300 subscribers. I'm never going to monetize my YouTube channel, but it's just Uh like, you know, and I had, I had that one clip go viral and and it was just like, bro, that's all it takes, bro. Like you you feel me? So I say all that to say, man, just keep that, just keep, just keep pushing through, bro. Keep pushing, keep pushing. You, We just one day away from our lives changing, bro. That's how I look at it.
0: Yeah. No, you're. 100% right bro and congrats on the thousand subscribers um uh not not big time I'm trying to right now you know what I and and we could talk about this another day but um I gotta show you the the uh promotion side of it I've been I've been uh uh paying for it for uh YouTube ads and stuff bro I, I like two weeks ago I had because I had just started the YouTube right I'm more focused on the Apple Apple podcast like two weeks ago in two weeks I've gained about 130 followers and likes comments engagement shit like that so we got to talk about that uh that yeah we got to we
1: got to link up and put some shit together man for sure yeah we'll, oh, talk, about
0: we'll I- talk about it we'll talk about it after this I got, I got some ideas in mind. But uh, to wrap up this episode, um, I always end with a guided conclusion segment um, where I ask one question we haven't talked about previously. I know all of the questions today actually were hard hitters for you. Uh, but <laughs> that's just talent, you know? <laughs> um, nah, this one is heavy, bro. This one's heavy, bro. All right. um, I hope no one takes it the wrong way, right? But what would you tell our community in hopes of fixing it. What advice would you give to fix our community? And what I mean by that is like we've talked about on this episode and every episode, we are misguided in many ways. Mm -hmm. What advice would you tell them to guide them? And I'm talking to the black community specifically.
1: I would say it's it's funny that you asked this I, in 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 order to overcome the system we have to learn it right and and i say that to say we have to kind of we have to take our guard down a little bit and be more open to to conversations with people that aren't like ourselves because unfortunately this is their world that we're living in and you know i don't have to define who they are but this is this is their world that we're living in and in order in order to get to where we want to go and really change generational wealth and and really really tackle everything that's wrong with 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 um with us as a community i feel like we have to we have to first look within ourselves and 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 fix the fact of we 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 kind of almost have to uh unlearn everything that we've been taught right yeah, because 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 we're taught to either, like you said earlier, either make music, you become an athlete, you sell drugs. These are the only ways to, to wealth. And yeah, you're right. 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 Some type of athletics. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, that's that's just not re- the reality of it. You know what I mean? Like I, I would have never thought like I went to school for marketing and I would have never thought to have my own marketing company. And I do now. Mm-hmm. But just but I, it's because I was thinking so small minded. But when I get into rooms with other people and like you say, you're sitting at these dinner tables with rich white people and you're just asking questions like, man, how did you, how did you do that? Like, how did you even get started? It's like, bro, it's just, everything starts out as as an idea. Every fucking thing is, and, and, you know, some ideas take off, some don't, but just never, never stop, you know, never stop pushing through, never stop working. But I think when it comes to the black community, man, we just have to, we we have to look within ourselves and, and um, we, we just have to change, change our conditioning, man. We have to, because, we're conditioned to be one way. We're conditioned to think that this is the only, these are the only ways out. And there's so many more, so many, so many more ways, so many more ways.
0: And I think part of that comes down to understanding, and yep. and what I mean that's by the, that. That's
1: the main key. That's the main key.
0: Yeah. First, it's like it's like the the attic program. You have to first realize the problem. to yourself. The problem, and the problem isn't necessarily. How can I say this without getting in trouble? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the problem can sometimes be you. You realize, you know. yeah, you realize you're in this trapped circle, yet you're just still going about it, right? Yeah. And and I think there has to be some self realization to want to get out. And I, and I'm speaking from experience, and I'm speaking yeah. from the people i see you know and it's sad but you you know we know some homies that have stayed in oakland in berkeley and are still the same till this day why is that we can't just blame society for that right i agree so and that's what i mean when i say i don't want to get in trouble because they're still my homies i still love you you feel me but you still live in that hood life why um, it's it's
1: a, it's a touchy subject, but only because people don't want to have these uncomfortable conversations. Which is you what you know just mean.
0: said in the beginning, bro. Write a write a circle that around. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. Facts, facts. That's, that's, that's the talent of, of of my podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> facts, facts. I love it. Uh, nah, that's good, man. And Justin, I appreciate you coming up here, man. It's been it's been oh, a pleasure. Anytime. Time we for sure went. Usually, I do like 45 minutes, but we for sure went an hour exactly. I think really? so, yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, well, no, I, I like an hour and a half, huh? My episodes are usually like an hour
0: and a half. I try, yeah, I don't know. I'll be trying to keep them short, but then I, I don't know like what people like the most. Maybe I should ask, but yeah, um, I like, yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, it's a pleasure, man, and and uh i definitely want you to promote your podcast on here so go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you follow you and stuff and you be wild on twitter too so let them know your twitter <laughs> <laughs> so my, my twitter and instagram
1: is the same uh j-u-s the number 10 underscore stanley my last name s-t-a-n-d-l-e-y um my youtube channel was sj10 tv um please go like subscribe comment um you know i got some real big interviews coming i'm gonna drop the hook interview really soon um i'm just holding on to that for for, for something special but i I'm saw i saw that soon.
0: promo and i was like only yeah. uh, only oakland niggas will understand that only yeah. Bay area people
1: yeah I, I I've, like, been, I've been rolling it out <clears throat> I, I got it. i made like a little trailer for it, so i'm I'm gonna drop that soon also but uh yeah man subscribe i got a lot of big things coming man i got a, some new shows coming um that i'm that i'm executive producing um, some other podcasts and stuff that I'm going to start filming and everything and just helping everybody out, man. And uh, I, I just want to thank you for, you know, having me on here. I do want to still get you on my podcast. Uh, let me just finish getting the studio set up and everything. But um, yeah, man, I appreciate you. Uh, I love what you're doing, bro. This, I think I think like when you said earlier about fixing the community, man, this is this is step one. You know what I mean? Mm. Giving Putting this information out there and making it accessible for people. And, you know, we don't really want anything in return, you know, just to support And um, like I say, man, it it takes a village, man. So I think we're better together. You know, all of us are better together.
0: Let let me correct you. Actually, we do want something in return. We want a better community. We want to see growth. Right. So we don't want to just keep talking and wasting our breath. We actually want to see change. Fact. Fact. Yep. And it's funny, bro. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I was gonna say it's funny that uh number 10 is 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 you. Like I, I was number 10. I don't have the jersey from B B High, but I was number 10 uh-huh. in, at B- high <laughs> you, know, you know
1: what's crazy before we go? The number 10 is so significant to me, and a lot of people don't know why, but yeah, it, it it's it's that, that number means a lot to me, man. It was my number throughout my whole career. Um, I was 10 years old when my grandmother died. I was 10 pounds when I was born. My birthday is March 10th, obviously just 10. Yeah. Um my son's birthday is May 10th. He was 10 pounds when he was born. Like it, it, it has so many significant meanings yeah. to it. Like I could go on and on, but that's a lot of yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. I know. Right. Facts. But yeah. So th- yeah, that, uh, that that's what it
0: is, man. For sure. Well, I appreciate you, Justin, everyone you heard it here, make sure you go follow, like subscribe. Um, he's got amazing guests on his podcast. Um, and we're talking big time people. Um, and so you need to definitely go check that out. Um, and yeah, we appreciate you listening. This is the Misguided Podcast. We're intending to guide you to a better future. My name is Juwan. Again, I'm sitting here with Justin. <laughs> you heard it, guys. Economic Thank is you. ...evolving from a healthcare crisis into a financial one, shuttering businesses, <laughs> upending <laughs> industries, and placing the livelihoods of hundreds of millions at risk. How are countries around the world coping with sudden open rises in, un- in unemployment and should we expect even more job losses this year because of the plunging global demand could the after effects of the pandemic be uh. even more deadly than the virus itself yeah It's been a little hectic lately So if you're listening, I hope you hear me I thought I had clear vision, but 2020 2020 was a bit hazy, so much thrown at me But yet I'm still standing I gotta admit, in the beginning I had confidence Then I lost my job, the pavement caved in But like Pac said, I'm a rose that grew from concrete They tied me down, but I bounced back on my feet Unemployment at a high, I guess I'll join in I still got my businesses, time to cash in Election coming up, gun stores overcrowded, time to send balance in, and Kanye got. What? 60,000? You gotta be joking. A
1: divided nation is still
0: <laughs> waiting <laughs> tonight to learn who will
1: be them? the next what? occupant of the White House. The tide has apparently turned in favor of former Vice President Joe Biden after the Associated Press put Wisconsin and just moments ago Michigan in his column. That gives Mr. Biden 264 electoral votes. That is just six away from
0: the 270 necessary for victory. (laughs) I'm nervous. Uh, Palms sweaty, legs weak, fingers twitching. Vomit on my sweater I feel the world spinning Sick to my stomach I can't eat November 4th The world stopped I can hear its heartbeat Dead silence like the calm Before the storm You felt it I can feel it too Three days to decide When the racists thought they had it Boo hoo You know you cheated You just needed time To hide the proof So what it do? Y'all got guns? We got got them too We ain't here to riot Just cut back on your racism diet Karen, Billy, Bob, Jacob And you too white, you can't hide, you're too white This year was less than I Cause when it started it good good, psych The world caught feelings, lost flights, captions lie I hope 2020 history books tell it right This time
1: Man, what are your thoughts? <sighs> it's um,
0: well it's easier to
1: be a parent this morning It's easier to be a dad It's easier to tell your kids Character matters It matters Tell them the truth matters being a good person matters. This is vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered. You know, the, the, I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Floyd. There was a lot of people that felt they couldn't breathe, and and and, and you spent so much of your life energy just trying to hold it together. And this is a big deal. I, you know, I just want my son to, to look at this look at this, you know, it's easy to do it the cheap way and get away with stuff, but it comes back around. It comes back around, and this is a good day for this country. I'm sorry for the people who lost. For them, it's not a good day, but for a whole lot of people, it's a good day.